Whatever it is you want to do in life, you'll be able to do. It's always you versus you. That it doesn't matter how old you are, how young you are, you can achieve anything that you set your mind to. Spend the rest of your natural life waking up and going after it. This is my purpose, and you will not stop me. You are listening to Mojo Sports. Yeah, hello and welcome to Mojo Sports, the NFL show Episode 28, my name is Dan Frost, and as always, supported by the best panel in the business. Uh, tonight, no Stacey, but we've got Beck and we've got Alex. And guys, we were just talking off air about this weird and wonderful competition that we support. And Beck, I guess we now find ourselves in a position where any team can beat any team, uh, which is a little bit different. But yeah, who was the most impressive uh, performance for you from uh, from Week 10? Yeah, we talk about every week how crazy the season is being this year. And I think I even heard some of the commentators mention how this season is just such an unusual season in the league at the moment. But I just want to shout out to the Vikings. Like, I mean, they didn't win. Um, They're not having a winning season, but I feel like they're playing such consistent football that their record isn't representing how they're playing. Like they're having all of these close games. They've had three overtime games. They did beat the Chargers this week, which was a great game to watch. But in saying that, I think their record just isn't representing how well they're doing for the Vikings. Yeah, no, that's right. It must be torturous to uh, to be supporting them at the moment. But, um, yeah, certainly a lot of talent there. And, yeah, definitely can beat anyone uh, on any week, uh, the, Minnesota, the Minnesota franchise. Uh, speaking of teams that are, you know, a little bit interesting at the moment, that would be my New England Patriots. They absolutely put the cleaners through the Cleveland Browns. Uh, you know, a lot of people were tipping a very close game, you know, potentially Cleveland being a little bit of a favorite there. Mac Jones turned it on and had his best uh, best performance uh, of the year and uh, of his career, basically. And for me, you know, watching the game, what was most impressive is that Mac is starting to, you know, build confidence and start to take some shots downfield, but it's his intelligence. It's his football IQ. That's something that, uh, you know, a lot of the coaches spoke about, you know, coming into, you know, coming into the, the preseason is that Mac, you know, he was, you know, picking up the playbook and was well ahead of Cam, uh, you know, in, in terms of that preseason. So, yeah, Mac Jones, uh, absolutely dominating. And a few others, uh, Ramondre Stevenson, uh, that running back, he he looks like something special. And a few little draft picks are starting to pop for the Patriots as well. So, yeah, very good to see. Uh, Alex, speaking of Cam, Cam Newton, uh, we had an appearance this week. What a, what a story tale there in Carolina. Definitely. I mean, he just looked like he was having an absolute blast. And I think that's been nice to see because I don't think you've seen that in Cam Newton for a while. And he's such a character and such like a big personality that you enjoy kind of his antics on the field. Right. So he rushed for a touchdown and he threw a touchdown. And like, as he said, you know, he's back. He didn't start. He did well. You know, I mean, I loved his press conference after where he was like, hey, this time last week I was in a bowl of cereal. So like, you know, as we always talk about anything can change week to week in the NFL. But for me, I think. It's good to see Camden back. It's good to see him back with the Panthers, you know, and it's good to see him, you know, go and get a win and get some touchdowns where he made his debut in in 2011. I think he's going to bring some life back to this offense at the Panthers as well. They're looking a bit flat, a little bit defeated. I think the signing of Cam Newton and having him back with some of those receivers and CMC as well, I think is going to bring some life and light to them. All right, guys, let's jump into our first segment tonight, the breakdown. It's do or die. One game. Got hit in the mouth and acted like somebody took our lunch money. This is what the greatest thing about sports is. You play to win the game. Um, not everything went to plan at all. Um. And they run through our ass like through a tin horn, man, and we could not stop them. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, Alex, it's been a little bit of a long, uh, I guess, couple of weeks for you, not only because, you know, the, the results are getting a little bit crazy in the NFL, but because your beloved Chicago Bears have been on a bye. So, uh, you know, I know that's been a bit of a difficult period for you, but uh, tonight we feature the Chicago Bears coming up against the Baltimore Ravens. This is, and I'm not just saying it, obviously being a big supporter there for the Chicago Bears, but this, this is a really good clash. Yeah, I'm, I'm really excited about this one. And for a lot of reasons, one, because I think the bears are trying like finally finding their groove as far as their offense goes. I think they're letting Justin Fields um, kind of do his thing, right. They're allowing him to run. He's getting those rushing yards. Like he's ranked. I think he's like ranked seventh in rookie rushing yards right now, which is really good to see. Cause in the first couple of weeks, he kind of looked like they had a seatbelt on him and they weren't just letting him do his thing. Right. And so, yes, they lost two games leading up to the bye right? Close game against Pittsburgh, the game against the 49ers, but he was, he's been rushing for over hundred yards and against the, against Pittsburgh, he had over 200 passing yards. So I like the fact that he's now utilizing his receivers. He's running when he wants to and when he needs to, but my one concern with Chicago right now is that O-line has got to protect him because he took some big hits, but I'm a little nervous about the bye week. I like the bye week for injury's sake because we had Khalil Mack out for a little bit. He needs to come back. I think he's a monster on defense, and they really, really struggle without him. Um, You had Dave Montgomery who came back in week nine, bye week, week 10. I think that's good for him. I do like the fact that we've got Khalil Herbert as well, so we can have a a duo running back with Chicago, and I'd like to utilize that so Montgomery isn't taking the full brunt of it. Um, But – I'm excited moving forward for the Bears because there's so much potential there right now for them. They haven't had the results they wanted. I mean, 12 penalties against Pittsburgh is ridiculous, but hey, thanks for, for helping Pittsburgh out with that one. Um, so I just had to throw that out there because it was a, <laughs> officiating. It was horrendous. Um, but yeah, I, I'm excited for the next kind of couple weeks and this back in the season for the Bears because I think there's so much potential and finally seeing Justin come into his own. And I think this is a great example moving forward for what this quarterback and what this team can look like. Yeah. And Becca, I think, you know, one of the things that, you know, and we talk about fans and we know the Chicago fans really well, thanks to Alex, but I guess one of the things that you want to see being a fan of a football team is, is a team having a bit of an identity and for Chicago and, and certainly on the, on the offensive side of the ball, this team has had no identity. We had no idea where they were headed, but you can start to see a bit of a team emerging here. To Alex's point, um, statistically, this team is starting to get a bit of a name, uh, a, a bit of a name for themselves in terms of rushing, uh, fifth in rushing yards, ninth in TDs, and um, as Alex mentioned, you know Montgomery, Herbert, and uh, yeah, that little quarterback, he's got some wheels on him as well. Yeah, I think what this team was missing was that key player to bring everyone together. And I think Justin Fields might be that player that they can all build around and grow around. And I think that he's brought some energy and some life to them being a little bit younger. And he probably has a bit of a personality in the, in the locker room as well. I can imagine he's not a quiet kind of kid. Um, Yeah. Hanging around all the vets and getting to know them and the offense and the team. So I think in terms of moving forward and growing this offense, it's going to look a lot flashier, a lot more exciting things happening a um, few trick plays I can imagine coming in with Justin Fields running the ball and doing some fun things, maybe uh, receiving the ball. Who knows what's going to happen with his skill and what he has in this offense. Yeah, no, it's going to be interesting. And Alex, you know, just to back on uh, your point about, you know, some of the negatives with his football team. I mean, we haven't seen an O-line this bad. I mean, and, and take us because, you know, you're a historian when it comes to uh, NFL football and especially there in Chicago. I mean, is this the worst offensive line you've seen there in Chicago? I mean, it's just, 
it makes it very, very difficult for any quarterback, let, let alone a rookie in their first year, to be uh, productive. No, it's definitely not the worst O-line you've seen in Chicago. I definitely, when Jay Cutler was was our quarterback for a while, we had an O-line that just, for some reason, just liked seeing Jay Cutler get hit for whatever reason. That's pretty fair. Um, yeah, I'm fair, right? So I think that's always been a, a weakness for Chicago is their O-line, and I think they really tried to bolster it this year with their rookie draft. Um, I can't remember the guy's name, um, but – they, I think he was their offensive tackle that they went to pull in, and he was supposed to kind of be their big standout rookie on their O line, and he ended up having to have back surgery before even preseason started. So, and I, we've also had some serious injuries go to our O line before the season even started. So, the season that the O line we wanted to start the season with wasn't the O line that we got. So, I think we've got a couple of young guys in there that we had to kind of plug some holes in, and, and you kind of, I think you saw that too, the growing pains of the O line between Justin Fields and, um, I haven't spoken about him and Andy Dalton. Um, and this is the difference between those two quarterbacks and how it's hard for an O-line to adjust to those. I think it's been good for them with Justin being in that starting role, but I just don't think they can handle a quarterback that, that moves. I think they're whatever is they need to fix the O-line. Yeah. Just yeah. Yeah, absolutely. No, and, and, and it just doesn't fit this scheme. And, Beck, you know, I, I guess, you know, the, the Bears find themselves in an interesting situation, especially from a fan's perspective, because, you know, you really want Justin to have a really strong back end of the season. You know, that's really, really important because, you know, we know this guy is a, is a great footballer. You know, this, this guy is it. He is special. But you kind of don't want him to do too well because, you know, there's a certain coach that we all kind of want to push out a little bit. I mean, Matt Nagy, certainly not popular and continues to come up with some really, uh, really bizarre uh, play calling. So, you know, what's your thoughts on that? I guess, you know, for me, I'm a little bit torn with it because, you know, as much as, you know, Chicago could do with some some fresh uh, coaching there, it, it, you know, it does create, you know, a whole set of challenges uh, again for Justin going into next season. So, yeah, what's your thoughts on Matt Nagy? Uh, another uh, challenging situation there. Yeah, it's super challenging when you have a head coach that isn't quite matching your offense and your scheme and he's not doing the things that you expect him to be doing to help the team be successful. And play calling is, you know, number one thing that you need to focus on and have a good plan for when you're going into games and you have a rookie quarterback and this O-line that isn't protecting him, isn't supporting him. Um, so, yeah, it's it's, it's it's a tough situation for him because I think that he 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 has the potential to do some good. Th- We've seen him make good decisions and do good things, but like you said, we also see him make some really interesting and bizarre decisions as well. So in, you need to have consistency around Justin Fields learning in this playbook and learning in this scheme, learning in the league with everyone around him. Definitely. And I, I mean... As much as I don't like Matt Nagy, I don't think he's the problem right now. I, you know, Chicago does have a first year offensive coordinator, you know, in that role this year. And I think, you know, the best thing that Matt Nagy ever, best thing that ever happened to Chicago and Justin Fields is Matt Nagy got COVID and couldn't show up for a game. And that was probably the best game that Justin Fields had. But he also did like relinquish the play calling, you know, um, role to the offensive coordinator kind of, I think maybe like week two, week three, when he kind of wasn't, it wasn't really working or gelling for him. So, but at the end of the day, when you look at the coaching staff, like I don't know who you bring into that head coach role for Chicago, right? Because I don't really want a college coach coming in. I'd rather have a veteran coach come in than those we're doing, but like who do you have, right? You don't really have many, many people to pick from, in my opinion. So Matt yeah. Nagy can work with Justin Fields. He might know him. So maybe I give Matt Nagy another year, but 
that's up to the front office for Chicago. <laughs> yeah, and don't ask Mike Tomlin uh, about the opening there at Chicago because, uh, yeah, he'll, he'll <laughs> we've been down that path. All right, guys, well, let's talk about uh, Chicago's uh, competitor, and that is uh, the Baltimore Ravens. And, you know, you, if you put these two teams uh, up against each other a month ago, you know, when Chicago was still sort of finding their way and the Ravens were flying, you know, this would have been probably a dominant win to Baltimore um, Alex, that's not going to be the case because we found out a few things uh, in the, in last week as they come up against the Miami Dolphins. Talk us through that one because, yeah, plenty, plenty of lessons to be learned for, for Baltimore out of that clash. I mean, that was just a tough loss, right? Like, and, and you don't expect, especially when you talk, we've talked about Miami before, we've talked about how bad they are right now. They just don't really have much going for them. And they come out and they beat the Ravens. And I think, like, as we talked about before, like, consistency is a, is a key factor for teams across the board. And when you're looking at stat-wise, you go, well, how is Baltimore, you know, losing to Lex in Miami? And it's their defense. Their defense is not good, right? They've allowed 374 yards rushing. They've allowed 282 passing yards, right? They're sitting 23rd in, in rush yards allowed and 31st in pass yards allowed. Like, that's low right in the league of like what 32 teams in the league and your your secondary sitting 31st right like Baltimore is a team of one man and it is Lamar Jackson and got to give credit to their kicker too because he's holding them in there you know with with those with those points but but yeah I, I thought that Baltimore had like a team no they when it's like you can't play one man football apparently Baltimore can but it's starting to show yeah, and Beck, you know, Alex is right. We were fooled when it came to the Baltimore Ravens because, you know, they were coming in with a record of 6-2 and two, uh, prior to that game against Miami. But, you know, that, that, that record could have been flipped given all of the, you know, the overtime and all of the narrow victories. And at the end of the day, this is not a good football team. I mean, Lamar Jackson is amazing. He's a great player. Could potentially still win the MVP, maybe if he's able to do something uh, special. But um, to Alex's point, some of the... Uh, you know some some of the the, the I, get, I guess the defensive plays in the secondary from from the Ravens. It was I, I mean you wouldn't see that at college level, possibly even high school. It was it, it was pretty bad to see. Yeah, I mean I I feel like we've been talking all like this whole season about how amazing Lamar Jackson is and how he's carrying this team and how he does everything and you know how they were still able to have a rushing game after losing multiple running backs because of Lamar Jackson. But eventually, like you said, we're at a past midpoint of the season. Injuries are starting to show, you know, players aren't playing as well as they were at the start of the year. So it's starting to catch up with them. And obviously, you know, Lamar Jackson can't be on the field all the time because he doesn't play both ways. I'm sure if he did, this defense would probably look very different but he's not. And so because he's not on the field all the time, this defense just isn't able to get off the field and allow Lamar Jackson to come back out and, you know, continue winning those games. So it's going to be an interesting back half to this season to see what happens with this Ravens team. Yeah. And it's interesting you say that because I know that Lamar was sitting on the, on the sideline against Miami wanting to jump in there at safety and defense because it was ridiculous. I mean, it wasn't just the fact they were physically getting beaten. It was the mental errors. I mean, they were just completely messing up the play calling. It was it was a comedy show there and uh, very difficult for Lamar. But, uh, guys, we've got to tip this one. Uh, Alex, we know where you're going with this one, but tell us why Chicago wins this game. 
Um, yeah, this is my underdog. I'm gonna go with Chicago. I just think with the run game that Chicago has developed over the, like the last kind of 10 weeks with Montgomery, he's a beast at running back. You got Khalil Herbert, who's also picked up some major yardage in just a small amount of games, right? So he's sitting fifth in rookie rush yards. So I think Ravens really struggle to stop the run. So I think they're going to struggle there. I think once they do stop the run, I think Justin Fields is able to blow up in their secondary because he's been connecting with Komet and Robinson and Mooney and Goodwin. So I think utilizing both those aspects, uh, I, I could see Chicago taking out a win here, and I hope they do. Yeah, look, I, I can def- it's going to be very, very close. I, I think Lamar might just do something special to get, to get this over the line, but you know, if Justin Fields doesn't turn the ball over and, and they continue to run the ball like they have in previous weeks, the Ravens are in a lot of trouble here. So uh, definitely gamble responsibly out there for people with this game. Beck, what's your thoughts on this one? Um, definitely a 50-50 game that can go either way. It definitely could go either way, especially with, like you said, the Bears coming off a bye. They're all refreshed. They have some injured players coming back. But also the Ravens are coming back coming off a pretty bad loss against the Dolphins. So I think they're going to have a really hard look at themselves at training this week and have a look at what they need to fix. And I think they're going to come out firing this week. And I have been riding the Lamar Jackson train all season and I'm not jumping off it anytime soon. So I think that the Ravens are winning this one. No, Sorry, Barker. No, excellent. So we got Lamar playing safety as well uh, in this one to give them yeah. to give them a chance. All right, guys, talking about some perplexing teams, uh, the next feature game is an interesting one. We've got the Philadelphia Eagles coming up against New Orleans Saints. Alex, I'm going to start with you, and we're going to, we're going to talk about the Saints to start with. I'm just going to read off this quickly. So we've got no Drew Brees, no Michael Thomas, no Jameis Winston, uh, no Alvin Kamara. We've got Taysom Hill just coming back from injuries, yet the Saints continue. In the NFC, they're still second, five and uh, five and four. You know, still fighting. You know, to talk talk to us about this this team because it just appears that they're collapsing on one side of the ball. It's um yeah, a, a frustrating situation there in in New Orleans. Definitely. I mean, this is, and we've talked about this off air, right? Like we always said, the Saints were going to have teething problems coming after Drew Brees, right? You you're trying to move on from a Hall of Fame quarterback who was there for what nine, ten years, who took you to ample amount of playoffs. You want a Super Bowl with him as quarterback, right? So there's so much legacy there too. But also it doesn't work in your favor when, you, when you're when you able to shine like that because you don't get the draft picks, right? You don't get high up in the draft on the in the first round. You know, you've got to trade up for that. You've got to, you know, give players away to be able to do that. So they haven't really been able to bolster it through rookies, right, through the draft. But I think when you lose the likes of Michael Thomas – um, you lose the likes of Alvin Kamara, right? So that's a great receiver and a great running back. They don't have anything, right? If you don't have anyone to pass to, you can't throw the ball. If you don't have anybody to run the ball, then you can't run the ball. Like you just, there's nothing you can do. And and I feel bad for this defense because this defense is not bad. They're ranked fifth, right? So they're solid. They're holding in the Saints team, but my God, do they need some help on offense? And there's only so much you can do as a coaching staff too. Like, you know, they, they've given them the plays. They, they, I, I don't know what the Saints do on offense. Clearly their defense is working, but if I was a defensive coordinator, I'd be going to the offensive coordinator going, hey, do something. Because my guys are getting tired. They can't be on the field the whole time. And I think that's what comes down to it when you look at close games like the game against the um, Tennessee Titans. They only lost by two, but it was an error, a false start by Adam Troutman right on a game a game tying two-point conversion right so it's just it's little errors like that that they've got to kind of they can't do right when you don't really have an offense to run you've got to be sound as far as penalties go you can't be giving away free yards like that 
Yeah, and, and Beck, you know, I, I guess the Saints have been exposed because of their lack of depth because, you know, we're now sort of heading into the back end of the NFL season. Everyone's hurt. Everyone's busted. There's a lot of plays that are on the sidelines at the moment, and it just goes to show that the Saints, they, they, were just, they just lack depth on the offensive side of the ball. And now, you know, you talk about the fact that Jimmy and Joes win, win football games, not X's and O's, and that's just – it's just evident in, in this. And to Barker's point, you know, this defense is amazing. They are doing everything they possibly can. Um, and, and, and I guess the final point on the Saints, and uh, talk to us a little bit about – Trevor Simeon, because he's trying as hard as he can, but yeah, certainly just doesn't have, you know, quite have the talent of some of the elite uh, quarterbacks in the NFL. Yeah, I think they got a little bit of bad luck in terms of their quarterback class this year. I mean, we all got excited about Jameis Winston in that first game. And, you know, I... I was happy for them, but at the same time, I was like, this isn't going to last. Like, this, he's not their franchise quarterback. He's not going to be around forever. He's going to make mistakes. They need to look, you know, further in depth for someone to be able to replace him. Um, and, you know, they had Taysom Hill, who is a decent quarterback, but also I think he's just a backup. He's not, you know, a starting quarterback. And then he got injured and we see Trevor Simeon come in, who has showed some, some potential. But I just think he's, like, again, he's not a starting quarterback. So, unfortunately, this offense just has nothing. And like you said, it comes down to the fact that they haven't had a lot of draft capital. But also the coaching, obviously, something isn't going right if they're not disciplined, if they're not doing the basics well. Because, you know, when you do the basics well and you can do them right, you can be successful. You don't have to have flashy plays. You don't have to have, you know, big one-off big-time players. If you can get off the basics and do them well against average defences, which let's be honest, there's a few of those in the league this year, this team should be winning and they're not because of that lack of depth in that quarterback position, I think. Yeah, no, how, uh, things have definitely changed there in New Orleans for Sean Payton. You know, he uh, he certainly had, uh, you know, I, I guess an amazing team that was always sort of competitive and uh, definitely in a little bit of trouble at the moment. And let's have a look at the, the team they're coming up against, the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, Alex, you know, there, there could be an in-depth podcast uh, study analysis done on their quarterback, Jalen Hurts. But, you know, I, I guess, you know, what we're seeing from him is he's a playmaker. He's doing everything he can. And, um, you know, he's, he's racking up some points there in Philly. Definitely. And I think... What's been nice about Jalen Hurts this year, I think you've kind of seen him evolve, right, as a quarterback, right? He's kind of gained a little bit more maturity, and that kind of showed in in their most recent game, right? He looked calm in the pocket, right? When you have rookie quarterbacks that just come out of college, but they have more run plays, right? And you see when you, you know, look at Justin Fields and Trevor Lawrence, right, their first initial reaction is to just run, right? When they When they don't see their first read, they run, right? And that just comes with, I think, development and experience, but – you know, what was nice about Jalen Hurts this kind of past week in in week 10, he didn't look to scramble when his first read wasn't when his first read was covered. Right. He kind of held the pocket. He kept balanced. He looked for receivers. Um, but I mean, he's got an excellent rookie wide receiver in Devontae Smith. Right. Like this guy, he put on a show. He's third in rookie and receiving yards with 537. He last week he had four catches, 66 yards and two touchdowns in the first half. That first quarter touchdown that he caught, which was like over 50 yards, had a 19% completion like probability. So this guy can go up and he was against an Alabama guy too. Like it was like Alabama v Alabama for that catch. Right. So that's just not fair at the end of the day. But I think as we talked about, you know, we've talked about off air, this Philadelphia team is getting a little bit older. 
And I think they need to bring in these young guns because you can see it in Devontae Smith, right? These young kind of excited guys that are willing to kind of go up and put their body on the line because they're still young, right? And they have the energy to do so. So I I would be looking to get more young players in there for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And, and Becca, I, I think the best way of doing that, if you're not in contention to win a Super Bowl in Philly, they're certainly not there, is to trade off some of your star players um, for draft capital and, and really just flip this roster, take advantage of Jalen Hurts' rookie contract and really, really stack this team uh, with playmakers. And, you know, what one draft, uh, I, I guess, decision that, that I did want to sort of uh, highlight, Beck, is uh, Jalen Rager. You know, first-round pick in, in 2020. I, I just think that, you know, if Jalen Hurts had two star wide receivers, and, I mean, if you are going to... If you are going to draft a wide receiver in the first round, he needs to be an out-and-out superstar, potential Hall of Famer, uh, because, you know, in, in most classes, you can get quality plays in the third and fourth round. So, yeah, just very disappointed in Jalen Rager. Um, talk to us a little bit about that draft selection because, yeah, I bet Jalen wishes he had uh, two outstanding wide receivers right now. Yeah, 100%. And, like, I mean, this team has had a lot of potential to get some great draft picks, and they just haven't capitalised on that, I think, like, they're, they're not a very successful team long-term. They've had a couple of good winning seasons, so but they've had some, like I said, potential to get some great draft picks and they just hadn't. And as a rookie quarterback or as a young quarterback coming in, you want that guaranteed, I can rely on this receiver. I know that if I put the ball up to him, he's going to get up. Devontae Smith is that guy. But then to have, you know, his defences are going to pick up on that. They're going to start double covering. He's not going to get open, you know. So then you have to have that second receiver that you can look to, to dump it off to or who's going to be open because of that double team. And you expect that to be in Jalen Rager because of the how high he was picked and how well he played in college. But he just hasn't hasn't showed up to the NFL yet. So, yeah, he's, yeah Jalen Hurts must be suffering a little bit. He's okay, but Alex, he's expensive. He is, and and it's hard, too, when you look at Devontae Smith, right, who's come out, and he's actually been worth the draft pick. He's come out and shown what he can do. So it's it's disappointing to see that between both. I mean, maybe Jalen Hurts just has a better, you know, relationship with Devontae Smith, and you see that sometimes the quarterbacks, they just prefer one receiver or the other. So I don't know whether it's just they just need to grow more as a duo, quarterback-receiver duo, but – yeah, it, it's definitely disappointing to consider to be a first-round pick, you know, especially wide receiver. You've got to go out and do your job at the end of the day, and he's just not doing that. Yeah, absolutely. All right, guys, time for our predictions. Look, for me, there's too many uh, high-quality Alabama players uh, for Philly for me to tip against them. So Jalen Hurts, Devontae Smith, I think get the job done here. So Philly for me. Uh, Alex, thoughts on this one? It's almost tough. I went kind of backwards and forwards, right? Saints was a close game. I feel like they've got a little bit of chip on their shoulder. Eagles have a blowout win against the Broncos. So I don't think that says much about, you know, that game, to be honest with you. So I could see this game coming down to potentially overtime, winning no more than a field goal, but I could see the Eagles just kind of inching out, but definitely seeing the Saints defense, giving them a run for their money for sure. Yeah, Beck, I, I, I agree with Alex. This game's definitely going into overtime, but who wins? Oh, 100%. It's going to be a close game. And it's a tough one to pick, um, especially because I I feel like both teams are so up and down this season. Like they're winning games, they're losing games, they're having close games, they're getting smashed. Like it's it's so hard to tell who's going to show up this week. But um, I'm going to go against both of you and go with the Saints just because I think this defense for the Saints is going to show up for them. And I just don't think it matches up against this offense. 
All right, guys, let's jump into our final segment for tonight, Rapid Fire. And we're going to talk all about that and a whole bunch of other things. What you need to know tonight. Sincere apologies to Matt Damon. We ran out of time for him tonight. We'll get him on the air again soon. Oh, my boss is singing closing time. Maybe that's what you're doing. Yeah, and this week on Rapid Fire, we're going to continue to work through the remaining games. Alex, I'm going to throw it to you for your batch of games and I guess your first game. You have an absolute, well, this, this is going to be an outstanding clash. Yeah, definitely. Chiefs Cowboys, right? Like looking forward to this one for sure. Um, this is a tough one, right? I still like, yes, the Chiefs get the win and they're back to the top of their division. Great for them. I still don't think they're the Chiefs that we know and have known for the past couple of years. So, and I think the Cowboys kind of took a hard look at themselves after their week nine loss um, and came back and they bounced back, right? And they absolutely took out the team they were playing this past week. So for me, I think the Cowboys are just, they've got receivers, they've got the running game, and I just don't see um, the Chiefs secondary being able to stop the Cowboys. So I got the Cowboys winning this one. Close game. I think it'd be close, but I, I see the Cowboys edging it out. Seahawks, Cardinals. I mean, I heard a, there was a great moment uh, this past week in the Packers-Seahawks uh, game where he goes, you can't spell rusty without Russ. So, I mean, that's – that's that. I mean, I had a good chuckle to that one. And you saw it, right? He looked a little rusty coming yeah. back in, right? It was cold in Green Bay. Maybe that had an issue with his finger, right? It was starting to snow. It, Lambeau Field's great in snow, but – um, <laughs> Beck's going to hate me for this one, but I see the Cardinals taking out this one because I think they're going to bounce back after the Panthers. Um, so sorry, Beck. This has been an unusual season for Russell Wilson. He's never been injured. He's never missed games. So give it time. Yeah, he's just a little rusty. You know, it's fine. Russ is rusty. It's all good. You can come back. <laughs> um, Buccaneers, Giants. I was shocked to see the Buccaneers go down to Washington. Um, the Giants are coming off a bye week. The Buccaneers have not, you know, seemed to really like coming off their bye week, to be honest, with the last couple games they've had. I don't know, right? I don't know. It depends what team shows up for the Giants. It depends what team shows up for the Buccaneers. I think Brady, you know, will be able to pull it off. But I could see the Giants game, the Buccaneers run for their money. Um, and I have a fourth game, but I forgot what it was. Yes, Ashik, uh, we've got the LA Chargers coming up against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, I am very, very interested in your thoughts on the Chargers because – you know, at the start of the season, we just crowned these guys. These are, you know, this is a this is a team that can not only, uh, I, I guess, contest for the AFC, but th- this team could could head to the Super Bowl. Um, you know, Herbert's outstanding. Well, you know, sort of, you know, things have been a little bit shaky for them, and obviously, Big Ben, he, he sort of he'll be recovering from COVID, and Pittsburgh, you know, they've had their own interesting stories. So, yeah, very interested in your thoughts on LA. Yeah, Chargers and Pittsburgh. I think it's going to be a really good game. I think it'll be a strong game. I think it'll be a strong game defensively. I think with TJ Watt being injured this going out in his most recent game with hip and knee problems, I think he's kind of a leading light for the Pittsburgh defense. Um, and Justin Herbert's just kind of really finding his own as a quarterback. So I think if everyone's healthy and they kind of, if they've got their run game down and their passing game down, I can definitely see the Chargers taking it over Pittsburgh for sure. Yeah, absolutely. All right, guys, jumping through to my games now, and I have the mighty Jacksonville Jaguars uh, coming up against the San Francisco 49ers. But, look, you know, we can laugh all all about the Jaguars, but they're certainly trying their hearts out week in, week out, and you can't exactly say that about the 49ers. They are all over the place at the moment. So my underdog tip of the week is the Jacksonville Jaguars. 
I, I guess I'm going to go on record and say that by the end of the season, Trevor Lawrence is going to have an, a, a one historic performance. You know, he's had a he's had a very uh, difficult start to his uh, his uh, early career in the NFL, but there's one historic performance uh, in that player. He's an outstanding talent. Uh, let it be against the 49ers. Um, my next game is the uh, New York Jets coming up against the Dolphins. The Jets are god-awful. Uh, there were some funny rumors that Mike White was going to take over um, from Zach Wilson. Well, after uh, throwing four interceptions, uh, yeah, that, that sort of those sort of rumors have started to, to fall away. So, look, Zach Wilson will be back into this team. But, again, it goes deeper. Yeah, we've spoken about the Jets uh, in previous episodes. Go back and have a listen. Uh, they certainly have their issues. And in terms of Miami Dolphins, good to see Tua yeah, getting a bit of a win there, getting some support. Um, he's a great guy, great talent, just needs to stay on the field. So Dolphins for me. Um, my next game is the uh, Las Vegas Raiders uh, coming up against the Cincinnati Bengals. I, I think what we're starting to see with the Raiders is what what we've kind of been anticipating, and that the wheels are starting to fall off because of the off field, uh, you know, because of the off field challenges. You know, for the for the Raiders, uh, they should win this game easily, um, given you know a bit of a talent discrepancy between the two teams. The Raiders. Um, given how they started the season. But, you know, for me, I'm going to tip the Bengals in this one with Joe Burrows. Um, yeah, just too many issues happening uh, in and around the Raiders franchise at the moment. And to finish it off, I've got the Bills coming up against the Colts. Look, the Bills scared me a little bit. I thought this this team was uh, all but invincible. They were they were definitely, um, you know, Super Bowl favorites and, and definitely contender. They had a bit of a shock loss, um, you know, in, in like, over the last couple of weeks. But they're coming up against uh, another inconsistent team in the Indianapolis Colts. Um, Carson Wentz, you know, if he doesn't turn the ball over, this game will be close. But that's not Carson Wentz. So I think the Bills win this one uh, quite comfortably. All right, Beck, uh, finish this off. All right, starting off with my games, I have Panthers and Washington. I mean, I feel like this is a bit of a no-brainer with the comeback of Cam Newton. This offense is just being reignited in the back half of the season with this new addition to their offense. So Panthers are going to win this one pretty convincingly. Even though the Washingtons did come off a pretty big win against the Bucs, I don't think they can maintain that throughout the rest of the season I don't think they're gonna yeah they're not taking this one next game I have is the Titans and the Texans I mean without Derrick Henry we did not think the Titans were going to be anything and they've kind of proven us wrong a little bit coming out and still being able to put some points on the board and show up each week and the Texans are just God awful. I don't even know what's happening over there. I don't, it doesn't seem like a lot of football is being played by the Texans. So I think the Titans are going to win this one. Uh, Next I have is the Falcons and the Patriots. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm going with the Patriots on this one. Like you said, I've, I've really, I'm really enjoying seeing Mac Jones find his feet in this offense and in this league and starting to show um, some growth within the offense and just, putting up some really great plays each week. He's getting better and better and better, and I think he's leading this offense offense to a great season. So I think they're going to beat the Falcons. Uh, Vikings-Panthers, this is my underdog tip of the week. I talked about it in the opening of the episode. I think the Vikings have so much potential. They're playing such consistent football this year. They've just been super unlucky with some really close games, some overtime games, some big battles. I think, um, yeah, they have a lot of potential to win. Uh, especially against these Packers teams. Aaron Rodgers was not looking like himself this week, coming off that COVID spill. Um, whatever's going on with him and over there, it's it's not doing him any favours and it's not doing this offence any favours either. 
Um, so I think the Vikings are going to come and show up and beat the Packers in that one. And my last game is the Browns versus the Lions. Um, this is an interesting one considering the injuries that Baker Mayfield is um, struggling with at the moment. But we also know that Jared Goff is an all health at the moment either. And I think that's all the Lions really have over there on their offense, which isn't a whole lot in saying that. Uh, So even though Baker Mayfield's a little bit injured, I think that he will probably still, he'll play through it. We all know he's the type of player that wants to be out there. He wants to be playing. And I think he's going to beat the Lions with this offense. All right, guys. Well, that's all the time we have tonight. Just want to thank my amazing panel, always bringing the heat as we talk all things NFL. And to our listeners, we hope you enjoyed uh, today's episode. If you did, please download the podcast, share with family and friends. And until next week, we'll see you then. You have been listening to Mojo Sports. Thank you for your support. It is very much appreciated. The team and I are trying to build something a little different here, so everyone's support is very much appreciated. Continue to support the podcast, download, subscribe, check out our social media channels, give us a follow, and be sure to tell your friends about Australia's best-kept secret. This is Mojo Sports.